we actually talked on one of our pods about how we didn't understand how this guy has a musical career because nobody can pinpoint a song that he's famous for. And then you look up his catalog and he's made. Oh, he's sold millions of copies of what? I don't love this of this stuff. Okay. Who's that? No idea. Harry Connick Jr., Sarah. I, you know what? I was going to say that. I was going to say the, the the dad who's in Four Christmases. Oh, Dwight Yoakam? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You found us here somehow... You probably love romantic comedies. That's great. Let's be friends because we do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have Your Your Place place or or Mine. Mine. And before we dive in, if you hear anything on any podcast that you want to reach out and talk more about, um, maybe you want to become part of the RCR fam, want to stay updated on the podcast... The best way to do that is to become a follower on our Instagram account at Romcom Rewind. You can reach out, DM us. Sarah responds to a hundred percent of the DMs, and in fact, occasionally I go through and I'll respond to somebody here or there. Uh, but I was just looking through this conversation we have with uh, Oralie. She said this a while ago. That um, just a side note. You guys were talking about like the Rom Rom Olympics. Uh, mm. She's like, I'm Team Devin for Andy Samberg but I'm team Sarah for Kevin Bacon versus Steve Carell. She just randomly out of the blue brought up this oftentimes argument on our podcast mm. and that Sarah is obsessed. She thinks like in the hierarchy of like who's most attractive, it's like Heath Ledger, maybe a Jude Law. Oh, there's a, there's others. Oh, Ryan Gosling, maybe. Yeah. Like, Andy Samberg somehow makes it into that list. That's not. I love how you're does. like, ooh, I don't Jude Law, but you're like, yes, Andy Samberg. One hundred percent. He <laughs> is very attractive. I am a lover of Andy Samberg. Yeah. A lot of people have also asked, like, are we going to have any guests on our podcast? We do not have guests on our podcast because we want the first one to be Andy Samberg. <laughs> and I know we're, oh my that's God. lofty expectations. Oh, is, I didn't realize that that was, you know. Oh, we've our, said our no to so set, many people. Oh, okay. <laughs> Little do I know that any of that happened. Really. It's got to be Andy. Um, Andy, please come on our podcast. And Kevin Bacon versus Steve Carell. Obviously, Kevin Bacon is more attractive, but... He is not, especially, like, especially now. I mean, I don't really know who you're looking at when you (laughs) see a picture of him. Like, who? He's on TikTok. He's he's a charming man. Steve Carell has aged wonderfully. Like, a wonderful aged wine. If you want to continue this argument that it pops up every like <laughs> four does, or five months. Yes. Uh, I, I actually was thinking about it the other day. We haven't talked about Andy Samberg in a while. So it's, here we are. And you know what? I was just <laughs> randomly going through the messages. I'm like, oh, Orly. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Like somebody from the RCR fam always brings it back in every couple months. So, so thank you to yeah. that. Um, and what we have for you today is your place or mine it's a brand new 2023 romantic comedy directed by uh, aline brosh mckenna it's new on netflix came out last month as of the recording of this it's the story of debbie and peter played by reese witherspoon and ashton kutcher debbie is a single mom to her son jack they live in la she's an accountant at a middle school very tightly wound very kind of like uh your typical helicopter uh overbearing parent to jack um then we have peter who is a successful business consultant in new york city he lives the bachelor life never really committing to anyone or anything they use the expression um a rolling stone that doesn't gather moss or something like that (laughs) that's the vibe of peter now debbie and peter actually have history They hooked up this one time, but ever since, they've just been best friends. Even when they both live across the country from each other, they still keep up, they talk constantly. And our story takes a turn when Debbie is supposed to travel to New York City to stay with Peter while she completes her schooling, but her babysitter back in LA falls through. 
So to make sure that she can finish the education that she wants, uh, Peter ends up swapping places with her, flies back to L.A. to babysit Jack while she goes to New York City. Think like it gives a little bit of uh, the holiday vibes with a swapping houses storyline. Kind of. And along the way, while they are apart, maybe we learn a little bit about a, a rekindled love on both sides as well as new love interests here and there. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's our intro to Your Place or Mine. What are your thoughts? Do you remember the first night we met? Never stops being weird. So weird. (laughs) Debbie, you need to take a break. I just need to be practical, which is what you have to be when you're a single mom. Right, right. Tragic. I got an idea. I'm coming to L.A. for a week. I'm going to look after Jack and you can stay here. I don't know. You need help. Let me help. Taking care of Jack is a lot of work. I think I got this. I hope that you get what you want out of this trip. Find yourself a hottie. Maybe get waxed. Waxed? Oh, waxed. Waxed. Oh, well, that's just not going to happen. I was really hoping for more. Okay. They had a really good cast. Yes. And I think... I think the writing might have done them dirty. And and I and I think as well the two of them, like Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher haven't been in a rom-com in a really long time. I mean Ashton Kutcher I think just acting in general like some like big things. Reese Witherspoon has done more um I She's find, been a lot more dramas. production. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like um not necessarily like romantic comedies as of late. And I think, and you can tell watching the first half of the movie, they're a little rusty with the whole rom-com vibe. Like, I found it a little bit hard to watch at the very beginning. And I'm like, oh, like, is this supposed to be awkward or is this just awkward? Like, as as the movie progresses, it does get better. Um, I just think they had such big... They had such a big cast, big stars, big names that I I wish it would have been like a home run. I, I really wish they would have hit it out of the park. Like um, I was expecting more. I think the critics nailed their thoughts on it, which were not positive. Um, I liked the movie. It was a nice watch. It was nice. Like it was nice to see Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher back kind of in those rom-com roles. Um, I think the story could have done more. Uh, those are kind of my initial thoughts. So biased opinion here. Um, this is on my rom-com rewind fantasy team. So I was hoping it was going to do well. And I agree with some of your thoughts. Like, Mm. I think they just didn't know what they had. So this film takes, takes a sec to get going. I thought the mid part was a lot of fun. Yes. That's what I mean. It gets better throughout the movie for sure. It is funny. Um, I just think there's a fatal flaw in this film where they wrote this fun story and they didn't understand where the chemistry was going to lie. Like I I think about the film, the holiday and like if they just pulled the rug out of the Cameron Diaz, Jude law romance at the last moment, that's kind of how I felt. You know, we're watching Debbie. uh, We're watching Reese Witherspoon and friggin' Jesse Williams. I know Uh, like spoiler alert. We have this love interest Mm -hmm. in Jesse Williams for Reese Witherspoon and they have great chemistry They do, and they have common interests. And by like with 20 minutes left in the film, I literally remarked to Sarah out loud. I'm like, shit like I know how this is supposed to end <laughs> because it's gonna be Ashton yeah. Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon but I don't want it to be and it's not that Ashton Kutcher didn't do a great job it's just that we didn't see the chemistry with them as much as we did with Reese Witherspoon and Jesse Williams well two things Jesse Williams has uh, chemistry with anyone <laughs> yeah he could uh, talk to a wall and you're like wow that wall's yeah, really into him like That's- really into him there's some <laughs> flirting going on um two I I think one of the flaws with the movie is that, and I don't know if you're going to mention this, but we can talk about it right now. The fact that they were apart the whole movie. A hundred percent. That's what I'm going to talk about. Yeah. And like, yeah, it, it felt like a film that was shot over the pandemic because remember mm. like a few things came out. That's really like, Ooh, like what if we do these films where it's like everybody's on zoom together? Yeah. It will. Yeah. <laughs> that's over now. That's old. So it's weird that we had like the two stars of the movie. They're the only people on the poster, Ashton Kutcher, Reese Witherspoon. They have one scene yes. together. At the end of the film, they never actually come into contact. And I didn't think that that would 
pull me out of that love interest as much as it, as it did. Mm. But it does. It's yeah. like they're never together. There's, there's an effect there for sure. And Jesse Williams is right here, guys. Yeah. Make him the love interest. Has a kid, is divorced as well, understands, you know, the co-parenting situation, loves reading, loves writing, loves books, like... Loves all the same stuff as her. all the same stuff that Reese or Debbie does, and yet, you know, but, but was it that, was it required so that Debbie could figure out that she was in fact in love with Peter? Like, I think that's in the, in the minds of the movie and the script and everything. That's why they did that. Yeah. But then you didn't sell me enough on it no, because she, she calls it off with, I can't even remember Jesse Williams, a Theo, right? That's his Theo, name. Theo, yeah. uh, he's just Jesse Williams. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't give me a good enough reason for her not to go to him. Like yeah. basically she, she falls in love with Theo and then she learns that Peter loved her the whole time. And she just tells Theo, like, I think I love somebody else. And that's it. Like there wasn't, I feel like if I was in that scenario, I don't know. I, yeah. Well, she sits there and he's like, okay, like, you know, I want to see where this is going. Yeah. We have all the same likes and dislikes. Exactly. Um, I got you a job. Cheated. <laughs> in what you love. Perfect guy. Oh, you know what? I'm in love with this guy who I actually have spent no time on screen with. Uh, yeah. This throughout this like. Who's been emotionally <laughs> unavailable for a <laughs> yeah, decade. Yeah. Who doesn't know how to parent my kid. Although we do see that no, like. he's good. He, Ashton think, is yes, good. Yeah. Yes. Hides trinkets under his nightstand though. You know. I yeah. Mean, just the ultimate bachelor. Let's yeah. go back with him. No, I feel like in real life, you'd be like, no, I'm, I'm going to see what's going on with Theo. Yeah, man. Anyway, that's that's my only complaint. I thought this was a really fun movie. I thought the comedy was great. I actually thought separately Ashton and Reese did a pretty good job. Mm. But yeah, like you just didn't sell me on on that romance. In fact, you sold me great on a different romance. And yeah. that's my only critique here. So the movie starts out with it being 2003 and they go through this whole, how do we know it's 2003? And I've never seen this in a movie before and I actually really liked it. There are aspects of this movie that I really did like, um, one of which is this. And they point out in the scenes things that are so 2003. And I mean, having been, you know, teens in 2003, I... I, and I think you do as well, relate to this scene so heavily. Oh, for sure. You know, the use, the guy having the useless or pointless earring, uh, the wallet chain that guys used to have on their jeans, their baggy jeans, by the way, um, layered tops, the amount of layers that I used to wear, like under my polo with like a tank top cami and then like another, like, it's absurd. I don't know why we did that trucker hats i never had a trucker hat because i have a really small head so like hats don't really fit me well flat ironed hair i remember being at my girlfriend's house and us having our hair on the ironing board and ironing each other's hair mind you i don't know why i did it because i have poker straight hair but you had to get the look but you though. had to get the look you can't right? get the look without you, doing it. you had to have like literally the iron marks on your hair if you did it too long it was ridiculous and then the wonder bra i mean you all had like the wonder bras and things like that around that time. And it was just such a time for fashion was, and it wasn't great. It wasn't great. <laughs> a lot of it was inexplicable. Um, at, I saw Christina Aguilera quote oh, recently that she was talking, yeah. she was like, I'm so excited for like cargo pants to come back because apparently that's oh, a no, thing. They're back. Oh, they're back. They're okay. back. Cargo pants are back. Ignorant Devin yes. has no idea. Cargo pants mm, are back. They are. And I immediately I thought like, well, you can't get the low rise jeans back because no, everybody collectively that's that's an agreement nobody likes those and are they back yes okay so low rise jeans are back cargo Ugh. pants are back crazy stuff is coming back it's wild so it's peter's birthday and we see this is this is now like present day and we see that peter and debbie are they look as though they're in the same bed but they're actually not they're on the phone because they have a long distance best friendship so they're on the phone. They're they're just blabbing away about life. Turns out that actually Peter has somebody in bed with him, like his girlfriend at the time. Which if you're that other girl and like your old friend who you hooked up with one time calls you first thing in the morning, feels a little weird. I don't know. You know what? If it's your best friend, I don't really like... I've had guys as best friends before. Do they call you first thing in the morning while you're sleeping with another guy? No, but if it's your birthday, uh, like I call my friends okay, on their birthdays. Okay. Maybe not first thing in the morning, but still like, you know, 
You got to wish the, the bestie a birthday. Hello. Oh, I mean, now you don't even call people. You just post it on Instagram. This is true. So get Thank God for Facebook sometimes. Good little Instagram story. Yeah. So part of the conversation as well is that Debbie's coming to New York for this following week and she's leaving behind her son for the first time. Um, we kind of figure out Jack's like probably about like a like 12, 13, I'd say. Um, she's going to be finishing up an accounting degree and because it's her, like they say it's her dream, but I don't necessarily think it's her dream. I think it's her practical dream and they, it, it helps her along the way with like her life. So Peter is dating a, this girl named Becca and when Leaving his apartment, she asks, like, what's next? What's happening here? She wants more, but wants to know if it's a waste of her time to continue. And he says, define waste of time. <sighs> this is how they break up. That's a no. She says, good luck. Happy birthday. See you later. So he is now single with Debbie coming to New York. Back to Debbie in L.A. She is such an embarrassing mother. Oh, my God. She watching her. I'm like, too much. Please, no, do not do this to our son. Like, <laughs> do not be this... This snowplow, and Peter says it best, the snowplow mom, pushing all of life's obstacles away, as well as helicoptering all at the same time, because this poor boy can't do absolutely anything. He's allergic to everything under the sun yep. and can't actually enjoy the sports that he enjoys because they're too dangerous. So he has no friends now because he can't play with any of his friends. So she is a work bestie, Alicia. I don't know if she works there or if she's just like a mom that drops off her kid. Super strange. Played by Tig Notaro. Love who her. Who is so dry, so oh just like awkward. I love her in Star Trek Discovery. Oh, is she in Star oh Trek Discovery? Oh my God. She's one of my favorite characters in it. I just like love watching the scenes she's in. She's so funny in it because her dry, her sense of humor is so dry and I appreciate it so much that when she's on screen, I like just die. It's, it's so fun to watch because she just brings so much humor to, you know, um, like a thousands of years in the future and um, watching them all on this spaceship. Mm -hmm. You're very unintentionally nerdy sometimes, Sarah. <laughs> like you're occasionally Sarah will be like, okay, deep dive on the history of Harry Potter and she'll just rhyme off some weird anecdote or whatever. Here you're like Star Trek Discovery guys. <laughs> you're sleeping. You're missing out. You're, you're sleeping, sleeping if sleeping you're not watching it. it. <laughs> yeah. It's a rom-com podcast. <laughs> What do I do when I'm not watching rom-coms? Mm, watch Star Trek. Watch Star Trek. <laughs> weird cross-section there. I know. I know. It's weird. <laughs> but she's so good in it. I love it. I believe it. It's uh. just... <laughs> Okay, yeah, so back to Tig's character, Alicia. Um, she is Debbie's bestie, like without Peter being in the same city. And she wants her to enjoy her trip to New York City and find a man. Like she wants Debbie to, to get out there, get laid, and like, you know, get her life together in regards to that whole situation of part of her life. So we find out that her ex is a mountain climber who was away 10 months out of the year. And that is why he's not like in... I guess like present in the movie, but also present in Jack's life. Like it seems that Debbie is the primary caregiver and that's why she needs somebody to else to watch her child. It turns out, Oh, this woman Scarlett is supposed to watch her, but she is an actor and she gets a part in, I don't know. Yeah. I guess it's a play. Peter then calls her and says, you know what? I'm going to come to you. I'm going to come to you and I'm going to watch Jack. You're going to come here and live in my apartment for the next week, finish your accounting degree and all will be great. I don't know why Debbie can't just bring Jack with her, miss a week of school, and live it up in New York City with Peter. Peter's in between jobs anyway, like consulting jobs, so he's off. Take the kid to Central Park and have some fun. That like, makes that makes way too much sense, Sarah. Right? That is right? Far like, too why? reasonable. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, it's like they're actually making it harder for these two to fall in love than having Peter and Jack, like just Debbie bring Jack to New York. Uh, yeah. New York City with yeah. her. And they then the chemistry would have sparked and not with Jesse Williams. Like I said, I think the writing was done so that she would fall in love with somebody else in order for her to see her love for Peter. I think that's why they did it that way. But a little bit of a plot hole for me. Fair enough. Yeah, that that actually does make a ton of sense. Just bring the kid. Exactly. Like it would have solved so many problems of like, you know, passing by escalators air of the at the airport, you know, like. Hmm. So Peter gets to L.A. and uh, drives up in his Porsche to school to pick up Jack. And Alicia says, you know, good luck. You're raising a kid. This is your first time, you know, whatever. So one thing when uh, Peter rolls up in that Porsche. Mm -hmm. 
one thing that's consistent throughout the film yeah. is that Peter is obsessed with the, I want to say they're an 80s rock band, The Cars. Right. He listens to them incessantly every morning he wakes up. They play constantly through the movie. When Debbie gets to his house in New York City, she can't turn it off because it just <laughs> auto starts yeah. on the cars. And I feel like it's been a long time since we've heard a big 80s soundtrack in a romantic comedy. It mm. used to be extremely common. Yes. We're playing the one second game, or really okay. one <laughs> okay. or so second games, with classic rock songs in rom-coms. All right. What you are about to hear, and you listening can play along as well. You will hear one or so seconds of a song, a rock song. You need to identify one, the song, or identify the movie that that song is in, because all of these are from classic romantic comedies. Right. Bonus points if you do both. Ooh. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. She's like the wind. Is it called She's Like the Wind? Yes. Perfect. From? Runaway Bride. No, Sarah. Okay, uh, you gave me the eyes. I feel like I should know this. Well, so the singer is actually in the movie. Think about that. Let that bake your noodle for a sec. Nope. That's Patrick Swayze. Oh, ghost. Singing. No. Dirty dancing, Dirty Sarah. Dancing. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. This, this could go off the rails very quickly. Okay, wait. So... Dirty Dancing. All right. Yes. Okay. She's like the wind. <laughs> She's like the wind. Also, oh, yeah. No, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I should have known that. Um, um, also featured for like two seconds in 500 Days of Summer. Remember when he's talking about how much he loves summer? He's like, why do I hear this song every time I close my eyes? And it's like, she's like the wind. Oh. Exactly. They play the cook. hook. Um, next, we have. Oh, man. Let, you know what? Let's jump to this one. That is... Must have been love. Yes. By the band. <laughs> uh, we don't know the band. No, I don't know the band. What what movie is it in? So the, the actual music video to this is entirely just this film. Like, it's from the soundtrack. And it became a massive radio hit. It's I still know, played to I this know, day. I know this movie. Yeah, what's I'm the movie? I'm annoyed that I can't remember it. That is Roxette. Okay. Yes. It must have been love. Yes. Pretty woman. Yeah. Yeah. Made famous by Dang. Pretty Woman. How about um Okay, let's go with an easy one then. How about this? <laughs> that's all you get. But that's such a hook. You know what that is. Is it my darling love? No. We even talked about this on a podcast recently. It's one of the um the highest royalty share songs of all time. You know, I have to admit. You don't listen when I talk. I know. I'm realizing um, that right no. now. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's not where I was going. I was going to say, um, this is not my forte. No. Um, and nor strength. Yeah. So um, I hope you're yet having a good time. <sighs> oh, I mean, they're yelling at their podcast right now because they know the answer. Know. Sarah is I ghost. Know. You already ghost said the answer. Okay. Uh, this yes. is ghost. This ghost. is that classic, iconic pottery scene. Yes. No, I, I leaned over Demi Moore. Remember mm-hmm. pottery. Very sensual and very sensual. sensual. Who knew? Mm. Yes. The, yeah. Who knew? Like, it's so messy. But. <laughs> It's like, it's like equivalent. I feel like pottery, like doing that scene, everything is like equivalent to um, the messiness of um, doing it on a beach. Oh, yo, beach is you know, not, like messy. not fun. Yeah. Gets in the crevasses. Sand gets everywhere. Ooh. Yeah. Not, it's always a good idea in theory. And then you do it. You're like, this was not fun. Also no. like trying to do it, it like anywhere in a confined place. Remember when you were kids and you tried to hook up in a car? Vehicles are bad places <laughs> yeah. to hook up. Yeah. They're, no, they are. I mean, I guess they're your first way of independence, but like well, not a whole lot of space if you want to move around. Yeah. I was going to say, and like, yeah, possibly the only place where there's no one. <laughs> oh, that was Righteous Brothers, by the way. Unchained oh, Melody. I never would have gotten that. Uh, next. You got to get this, Sarah. Mm. Oh, my God. Just the intro. No. Oh, really? Really? 
You couldn't get it from that. Okay. I know it. How about this? Can we... And thank God we oh, this is from the movie Armageddon. Yes, it is. Oh God, Here we go. I literally the remember this. Um, oh my God, this freaking song. Liv Tyler. Yes. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Ben, ben Affleck. Affleck. I know this He's scene. like tracing her butt, belly button or something. I thought you were going to say her butt. But yeah, maybe that too. We don't know. No, that's Titanic. They're, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me the like band, however, is. I know. I can't remember nor the name of the actual you know, you know, this is going to go down as like the worst game we've ever played. And I think we're locked in. We got to do it. So that I was know. Aerosmith. Okay. Aerosmith. I don't want to miss a thing. And I'm going to give you a <laughs> oh my point. God. No, I literally knew that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so Sarah. embarrassing. These are friggin' gettable. Oh, <laughs> <You're> God. <laughs> okay. 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 We're going really easy here. Okay. So that one. Yes. Well, I mean, it's Pretty Woman. The song, uh, like, identify what is uh, pretty woman. Both. Yes! Yes! Okay, yeah. That Look one. At you. That one. I don't even care if you don't get the singer, Sarah. I was going to say, I don't, I can't remember who, who sang it. You got the song, and you, it's Roy Orbison, but it's been I done many times. I never, ever would have gotten that. Really? No. Oh. No. Our classic rock fandom is just. Dwindling. Uh, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. let me give you another classic. Okay. Can I, can I describe the scene to you? Sure. It's John Cusack with the boombox above his head. Say anything. Yes. Finally, we got a movie. <laughs> we yes. got the movie. Um, the okay. song is... Song, In Your Eyes. Yes. He but said I it. I can't again remember who sings it. That is... Peter Gabriel. Oh, yeah, no. But no. hey, you know what? A movie and a song <laughs> title? I got two points. We're going to take it. Uh, <laughs> what else do I have? Oh, this one's kind of tough, actually. You might not get this. Might never be me. Oh, Michael Buble, hands down. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> it's okay. not Michael Buble. Okay. You were so confident about I that. I was very too. confident. I totally oh. thought it was him. It's, it's got to sound like him. Come on. Okay, I'll give you a hint. We, we actually talked on one of our pods about how we didn't understand how this guy has a musical career because nobody can pinpoint a song that he's famous for and then you look up his catalog and he's made oh he's sold millions of copies of what i don't love this of this stuff okay who's that no idea harry connick jr Sarah. I, you know what i was gonna say that i was gonna say the 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 dad who's in four christmases oh dwight yoakam <laughs> Well, no, because I also didn't know who he was. Yeah, the difference is we know nothing about country music. So that's why that doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So that was Harry Connick Jr. Okay. It had to be you. His yeah. version of it had to be he's, you. He's definitely got some Michael Buble vibes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's from uh, When Harry Met Sally. Okay. If you have any complaints about the segment you just heard, first off, fair enough. Secondly, um, we're probably going to post something on our Instagram account regarding, you know, classic, classic rock songs. And in that, you can say, Sarah's very bad at this. Feel free. I I will say, I was disappointed that there was no Cars songs in there, because I do know some of those. Yeah, this movie has a monopoly on the Cars songs. I couldn't find a single iconic Cars song in a rom-com. Outside of this one, I guess. Uh, so where we were is that uh, Peter just grabbed Jack from school. We meet Tignataro's character, and she kind of gave him the, hey, you're you're parenting a child here. That's not yes. easy. Yeah, and so then Peter kind of gets um, home with Jack and sees that Debbie has gone post-it crazy, which, I mean, like, part of me appreciates because I also am a post-it crazy human. I do really appreciate post-its, especially at work. Um, but she's crazy, uh, it's everywhere and Listen everything. Listen to you right now. You're shaming her, but at the same time, I you're know. like, but I agree. But it's crazy. But I agree. But, but it's I like a lot. It. It's too much. Like slightly too much. Is Sarah, does Sarah exhibit a little bit of Debbie qualities here and there? No, don't say things like that. Okay. Because like, I'm just asking the question. I don't want to be a snowplow slash a helicopter parent. That's not my jam. That's not my vibe. I don't want to do it. So that's my hope is that I'm not a Debbie. 
Debbie Downer. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, to be honest, our son Wells, I don't think, could end up like a Jack. He is far... At nine months, this kid is... I, like, he might go outside and chop down a tree tomorrow. I don't, like, this kid is so active, so mobile, so determined. Yeah. Um, we're going to have the opposite issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he, so Peter tells um, her, like, tells Debbie, like, we're not going to be listening to anything that you've said or written down. The casseroles are going in the trash and we're ordering out pizza. Like, see you later. Love Bye. it. Um, Debbie gets to Peter's house and we see that Peter has had a decorator come in. There's nothing of, like, personal... Uh, mementos or anything like that on the walls on like anywhere in his apartment but we also see that the books that he has and you and I Devin are avid readers um are organized by color and like you know I've seen it on TikTok and book talk and whatnot I was about to say what is your preference do you okay do you organize your books by color do you organize your books and I mean I know the answers to this but like let's talk about it organize books by would you rather Books by color, books by author, or books by series? Okay, um, so aesthetically, I actually do love the color scheme. Why? But, like, I would never put up the effort to actually do that. Yeah, no. See, here's the thing about Sarah. It's not just books in the bookshelves. It's, like, antique cameras. It's plants. It's just <laughs> random knickknacks and paddywhacks. Like, I don't... <laughs> What do we have in our eye? I'm not concerned about the contents of the books in our bookshelf. I'm concerned with every other thing that's in our bookshelf. It's the vibe. Is, is it the okay. vibe? Okay. It sets vibes. And <laughs> I will say, I, my preference, thank you for asking, oh, Devin. Feel free. Is, uh, is to, a vibe, aesthetics, is random um, shit. No, but to be placed on the bookshelf by series. Okay. Along with like the deflated the tire wax. beside yes. it, yes, okay, but whatever. Along with the paddy wax, happens to beside be them, yeah. The aesthetic mm-hmm. of the day, like what is in our bookshelf right now? That's just randomness. Um, we actually just have books in it right now, and cards, like like, like playing cards. That's all. I oh. had I moved everything out. You know what I saw the other day, and it's it's. I can't believe we still own it. For one of my birthdays, a friend like we like to play oh cards. We like God. to play games, and a friend like like okay. Personal info about your your podcast friend, Devin. I do have a hairy chest. <laughs> so this friend of mine was like, wouldn't it be funny if I got you a, a deck of playing cards and it's other hairy chested men? <laughs> Literally, she Googled hairy chested men playing cards. She found that online. She's like, holy shit, this exists. Buy it right away. <laughs> All the guys are nude, and she did not so realize nude. that she was getting like male porn stars. And essentially, have long schlongs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wasn't gonna go there. You're the one who brought it there. I was just regarding them as I'm being naked. Sorry. And Sarah's like, and the contents of their nakedness <laughs> is very impressive. Like, <laughs> thank you for that little tidbit. You're welcome. She's not wrong, but we didn't <laughs> need to you. say it. Thank you. You mean it was implied? <laughs> <laughs> so we still own that i don't know if you've noticed maybe you've been no, perusing I did. and i, I didn't did yes <laughs> yeah i have noticed that actually so yes the playing cards the schlongs and we have the books on the shelves that's all that's there <laughs> so while debbie is settling in uh at peter's apartment a woman comes by and we get to meet minka i love minka in this minka kind of comes along and becomes Debbie's best friend in New York. She showed up because she heard that Peter was single and she showed up basically like uh, in a robe. Yes, with nothing under. Nothing underneath. And uh, quickly, like she, because, so we do get the impression that like Peter through all of these exes has always raved about Debbie. So Mm -hmm. she's like, oh my God, you're the Debbie. I'm Minka. I'm one of his exes. And they become friends. Yeah, they come, they become besties and... Um, they, they go for drinks uh, a little bit later on, but before that we have, uh, Peter at breakfast tells Jack that, um, you know, you have to find your story. You have to bribe the kids to be your friends. Let's go to a hockey game. So this is kind of like a little side piece. This is, this is kind of Peter's mission is to help Jack become popular and to find his own story and to, you know, just be a little bit, um, just be more like a kid, I think. So part of this um, is going to an NHL hockey game and the game doesn't go well because Jack's friends or Jack's, these two kids still won't hang out with him. 
So after Debbie's, we're, so we're back with Debbie and Minka. So after Debbie's class, Minka calls her and says, I'm coming to pick you up for drinks. So they go for drinks at this bar and Debbie notices that one of, uh, one of the professors from her college is there. My best scene, actually. Okay, well then go right ahead. In fact, any scene with Jesse Williams is my best scene. But this is where <laughs> we meet. This is where we meet Theo. So mm-hmm. um, Minka and Debbie across the bar are kind of chatting like, oh my God, Like, so that's your professor. He happens to be with this amazingly gorgeous man. So Minka just walks on over. <laughs> like, let's go meet them. Confidence. I think a little bit of Minka, they never explicitly say this in the film, but do you feel like... If I get Debbie in a relationship with somebody else, Peter's mine. I'm that's my opening. No, I don't think so. Really? Yeah, no, not what not not at all. I got that impression. I didn't think it was malicious. I didn't think she was being mean, but I thought she was very like, let's make this Theo thing happen. No, I think she knows how high strung Debbie is and needs to get laid. Okay, well, how about this? I got yeah. another question for you, Sarah. Okay. Uh so Debbie. Mm-hmm. And Theo have this great back and forth. Turns out he runs a publisher that she is such a fan of. Yep. She's read every book from this publisher, even ones that he's like, nobody actually bought this. And he references it. And she's like, I'm the person who bought mm-hmm. that. She's a massive fan of this Theo person. And I think as an audience, we're a massive fan of Theo as well, because Jesse Williams is great. He's such an easy person to watch on screen. Yeah. Question mm-hmm. Sarah. He's occasionally yes. in some things. But he has a running gig on another show. Right. And we've seen a lot of actors leave this show because Mm -hmm. the shooting schedule has been too much for them to move on to other things. Okay. Do you think Jesse Williams should leave Grey's Anatomy to open himself up to more opportunities? Well, he did leave Grey's Anatomy. Oh my God, he's gone from Grey's (laughs) Anatomy. he's been gone for a while. What? (laughs) Okay, I got a... I got an effing question, Sarah. All right. What are you watching then? Because I walk by, Sarah's watching, <laughs> and Jesse Williams is on Grey's Anatomy. How many seasons ago was that? Oh, that was a long time ago. Are yeah. you kidding? Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. that was current. Because like, I'm like, why would you be watching like four seasons ago? Well, like I rewatched it. So how often do you rewatch this show? Oh my God, no, I haven't. Like I stopped rewatching it a while ago, but it was shortly after he had he was off the show. Just saying. So Jesse Williams is gone for, I feel yeah, like. No, you, he's been gone for, you need for to be quite a few seasons. More up to date on that show because I only get Grey's Anatomy it's knowledge from you. my fault. Yes. It's all your fault. Mm-hmm. So um, we learned quickly that Theo and Debbie, they got chemistry. They and actually do. at the end of this night, he does ask for her number. At, a very funny moment occurs where Debbie is just so awestruck and he asks for the number. <laughs> and did you notice Minka grabs is yes. like grabs her phone, puts it in front of her face so that the face unlocks it, hands it to him. He puts his number in. She grabs it, hands it back to Debbie. That is something that I would do oh, so for funny. someone. Like yes. I like just to take control and just like, okay, you we need to get this done. Do this. Shoves uh-huh. the phone in front mm-hmm. of her face. Okay. We okay, did that. you take All right. that. Good. Perfect. Goodbye. Transaction complete. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Minka does divulge some information to Debbie that she actually didn't know in that Peter actually wrote a book and keeps it in his oven that Which, he never uses. So clearly he never uses the oven. Yeah. Weird place for a book. No, people keep really interesting things in ovens that they don't use. I can't tell if you're joking or not. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. What? When people don't use their ovens, they like, they keep things in there. I have so many questions. How many people do you know I who don't, don't use an oven? I, well. Who do we know that doesn't use an oven? Oh my God, so many questions. No, like, <laughs> I know a lot of people that keep all of their pan, like pans in there. What? Yes. And like, they have to like, you have to remind like oh make sure to take out what's what's in there yeah what mm-hmm. people store items in their oven yes yes lots I, of people don't use their oven okay i think i need to <laughs> no know I'm questioning myself i need to know so much more about this we're gonna toss this up on social media because who the <laughs> f doesn't use their oven and is like you know what storage that's what i'm gonna use it for lots of people use it to store like their things around their kitchen that they don't have room for like i.e pot like i don't know if pots are in there but lots of pans people put pans in their ovens if you don't use your oven um and you use well, it for other stupid shit people can use let us know their ovens and then put their yeah there is one use for an oven it's, it's an oven it's to cook it's to cook things yes and to store pans <laughs> 
among other things such as manuscript books. Books, yes. Yeah, so that's what Peter has Okay, in it. so that's what Peter has in it. And uh, Debbie goes in and finds it. And she, like, contemplates. She goes through a ray of emotion, trying not to read it. And then she calls Peter, and they're both in the bathtub having bathtub, uh, bubble baths. <laughs> and... Um, you know, she's like, you can tell me anything. He's like, I know I can. And then like, they don't. Right. And then she gets off the phone and reads it and like is, again, goes through an array of motions because she absolutely loves it and <laughs> ends up deciding that she is going to bring it to Theo. He's um, a book publisher. Yes. So she shows up at his publishing firm and is like, here's a manuscript. She lies and says that she's like the <laughs> yes. editor of the Which author. She kind of like, I mean, she, she wanted to be an editor and she, um, edited it by reading it. She read it once. Yeah. And was like, I'm just going to go behind your back. Yeah. I'm going to take this mm-hmm. thing that existed in your oven. I will say one thing I'm happy about was that he wasn't pissed at her for it because so, in so many like rom-coms and movies, like the person gets mad at the other person for doing something that would just like better their life or, you know, like in so many movies that happens, I'm really happy he, he didn't get mad at her. He for was, it. yeah. At the end, he was reasonably annoyed. Mm-hmm. Like he was annoyed sure. and she was flying off the handle. And I think yeah. they did that because she was flying off the handle and he had to be like, listen, you invaded my privacy. And that's basically all he says about it. Yeah. They, yeah, so they end up, um, they end up connecting again over the fact that they both have 13 year old sons. And again, the chemistry is just flying between the two of them. Theo and Debbie. Yes. And Theo, Theo ends up loving, loving, loving the book and wants to take it to the next level. (laughs) Take more than one thing to the next level. Yes. Yeah. And then, um, with Peter, Peter and Jack, um, Peter keeps on trying to, uh, give Jack a nickname. Oh, yeah, it's been a running joke. I just have to, like, this is, like, one of those things. There's a running joke in it, and this is kind of the nickname thing. I don't know if they're trying to be, like, the movie I Love You Man with, like, all the nicknames that Do they do nicknames in that? Yes, they do, that Jason Segel gives Paul Rudd. Like, I don't know if that's kind of the jam that they're going for, but it didn't stick nor work. Great film. we got to put that one on the list. It is on the list, yes, because it's so good. Anyway, moving on. So Theo and Debbie, they do truly go on a date. They talk a little bit about the book, but then they end up back at home. Now I have for you, Sarah, mm-hmm. and as well, RCR fam, uh, wildest just <laughs> camera stories because okay. things get hot and heavy between Theo and uh, Debbie when they get back to Peter's apartment. Yeah. And Peter has cameras at his apartment. Of course he does. He gets like a warning, like, hey, people are there, whatever. He flicks on his phone just to see what's up. And he sees Theo banging Debbie. (laughs) Straight up, guys. So here are stories of weird camera Mm -hmm. moments. Um, This person says, uh, I was working at a hostel and we have security cameras throughout the building. Watching the footage from the camera in the kitchen, it's about 2 a.m. and a very drunk guest walks in. He grabs some snacks and accidentally (laughs) drops an empty bottle on the ground. But then he proceeds to kick it up into the air. He kicks it up again, so he's like hacky sacking this bottle. (laughs) And then eventually it flies across the entire length of the room perfectly into the recycling bin and... And in his drunken state, he threw up his hands, ran around in a circle, clearly at shock at how amazing he is. Then after looking around and noticing that no one was there to see it, he becomes like visibly upset and just walks away. (laughs) No snacks in hand? Well, I guess snacks in hand, but like imagine having that moment and you're like, nobody saw it. But then there's a security guard who's like, I did. I actually would like go out of my way to find that person and be like, I saw it. That's what I'm saying. Like you now need to hunt that kid down and be like, dude. I saw it. Yeah, that was good shit. I pulled the video. Good job. (laughs) Uh, This person says, uh, I have my house surrounded by CCTV cameras. Uh, This person's in New York City. They say, one day, just all of a sudden, an entire herd of goats randomly walked into the area where our tiny front yard is. (laughs) They stood there and nobody came to get them. It was completely bizarre. My mailbox was eaten off the (gasps) fence post. They were there for about 20 minutes. Oh my God. Still to this day does not know why (laughs) they're there. And this was like, I guess, like a borough of New York City. Like it was Weird. just like, it was in the city. It was runaway goats. Runaway it's like goats. The, it's like the bunnies we saw in Calgary when we were out there. Oh my God. Okay. The city of Calgary has a bunny thing. I th- like, I think domesticated bunnies got loose and I guess there wasn't like a proper predator to keep the numbers down. There so, isn't. Yeah. So they've just exploded in numbers. There mm-hmm. are bunnies 
everywhere. They're not afraid of humans. No. In fact, they're very curious, like, holy shit, a human's over there. Yeah. I should go see. Everywhere. Yeah, like, I, I, one came right up to me. Like, you were a Disney princess. Right. Sarah's, like, there's a bunny just, like, Yes, it, like, it went her. up on its hind legs and everything and, like, tried to, like come into my arms it was weird and it's funny i posted the video and mm. a lot of like people not from calgary alberta commented yeah. and they're like oh my god you need to save it i'm like dude like <laughs> that's one we saw four on like this walk from no. a parking lot to a brewery yeah i was gonna say we it saw was, way more but like this was just us walking on the street for like 30 seconds like i can't save a thousand bunnies because yeah, yeah. they're everywhere yeah. <laughs> bunnies multiply a lot quicker than we think <laughs> no kidding this person says, I was working at a pub in Sydney watching the CCTV cameras when I saw a guy continually cross and uncross his legs while playing a slot machine. Oh, Do you know what's happening? No. After a few minutes, this guy walks to a corner of the room, takes a shit, and then proceeds to go back to playing the, the slot machine. In the corner? Yeah, just like found a uh, corner of this pub. And Boom. Like poops? Yeah. In the corner? Yeah. Oh, no. Why? So one time I was at a bar here in town and like my button came off my pants. Mm -hmm. And so a friend of mine had like a safety pin and I'm like, hey, can you just pin this? And we went off to a corner and she was like <laughs> pinning my pants and the owner comes up. He's like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, I'm so sorry, man. Like my button just undid. He's like, oh, shit. OK, you would not believe what people do in corners of bars. And I'm like, what? Like, what do they do? And he's like, nothing. Don't worry. And he's like, but we have like lost and found. I'm pretty sure there's a belt in it. So he gave me a belt. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. But he came like, I didn't even see where he was. And he came flying out of nowhere. Like, what are you guys doing in the corner of my bar? Like, what are the, what's the un uncrossing the light? Like, what is that? Because he had to shit, Sarah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh god okay <laughs> if you like that one this one's gonna blow your socks off um <laughs> my brother's friend used to watch security cameras at an amusement park in the park there was one of those riverboat rides which have hidden cameras to prevent people from peeing in the water oh, no. and like vandalizing stuff this person says one day a couple hopped on the ride and the girl started giving her boyfriend a bj oh, no. on this riverboat ride when they finished though the girl leaned Who over the finished? side of the boat went what do you think? <laughs> yeah. When he finished. Uh, so she leans out the side of the boat oh, to spit. No. Yeah. So, oh, so some oh. subtext here. The guy says in the event of any bodily fluids getting into the water, there's a whole process. We got to close the ride down. We got to decontaminate everything. Oh so he sees it happening and he jumps on the intercom and he yells spitters are quitters. Spitters are quitters. <laughs> and she panics and, and does not spit. Okay, um, I was joking. <clears throat> I thought like I was joking when I said what finished first. I just assumed. Oh, the, Sarah, the, the ride finished. No. <laughs> well, I mean, I knew what finished when you continued, but okay, that's disgusting. But that is hilarious. That yeah, that he went on the intercom and said that. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then this last one, I was a property manager at a giant apartment complex for a year. Part of my job was taking complaints that came in during my off hours and reviewing the tapes to see what the cameras caught. Now, this person says we do get calls about people uh, doing it in the spa a lot. I guess there's a hot Gross. tub and a few things, so that's common. This person says we got one of those complaints, which wasn't unusual, so I went back to the tape, and I noticed something. There were two people doing it in the spa, but he says he zoomed in all the way in, and across the property, he could also see a woman oh my just God. smoking a cigarette and watching. Gross. Zooms in more, <laughs> and it's the pastor at a local church oh, who was no. just like, saw this happening and was like, I'm gonna have a cigarette here and keep watching. Weird. Just enjoy the show. Oh, <laughs> Is that wild? <laughs> oh, God. Freeborn. God, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so <laughs> gross. <laughs> and imagine you're also, like, doing it in the spa, and you're like, oh, my God, who's that? And they're like, it's just your local churchgoer over here. Oh, my God. Enjoying everything. So Peter does catch Theo and Debbie uh, <laughs> yes, doing it. Yeah. He averts his gaze very quickly. Very quickly. He knows what's happening. So the next morning, this is Debbie and Theo. Debbie wakes up and she's late for her final. This is her final exam of her degree that she's been working so hard for. So she gets there. She finishes it. Everything's good. Um, and she realizes, like, my time has come to an end. Like, I'm going to be leaving tomorrow. And so to pay Peter back, who still hasn't returned her phone calls yet. She's been calling him off the hook. Um, 
to repay him, she fixes up his apartment with some pillows, plants, you know, just add some zhuzh to it because it's really, it's in, in dire need of like a homey vibe. So Debbie does get a call from Theo asking, um, asking her to, to meet him for drinks um, because he has a proposal for her. So she's like, oh my God, like, what does that mean? It's for the book. Like, oh my God, what did I do? I still can't get a hold of Peter, you know, all of that. So she starts packing and when she's looking for something, she finds an envelope underneath his nightstand. And throughout the entire movie, Peter goes on and on about how he does not keep mementos. He does not want to reach back to memories. He doesn't want to remember the good times. He just talks about them with Debbie, that kind of thing. Well, that is a lie because all of his mementos are hidden underneath his nightstand and they are all of Debbie. Every single memory, every single photo, every single like fun time they've had, every single like restaurant they've gone to, he's kept the menu. It's adorable. And he loves her. He loves her. And now she needs to come to terms with if she loves him or not. But then he does call her and reveal to her, Jack got into a little bit of an accident. Yes, I've let him play hockey. I've let him play hockey. He tried out. He made the team. He had to tumble into the boards. He's at the hospital. Um, but the doctors do confirm, like, he's okay. We're just going to keep him for a day to make sure there's no hemorrhaging or no mm-hmm. concussion, all that. And we do see like, like Debbie is flying off the handle. She's yeah. freaking out as if you do that. You better not be in LA when I get back. Jack, however, his friends are psyched. And Jack has a moment where he argues with Debbie. Like mm-hmm. this is the most fun I've had this week in my whole entire life. Yeah. Yeah. And a little, a little thing that I forgot to mention when Debbie did find all of those mementos in the nightstand, her and Minka have a heart to heart and Debbie realizes that she does in fact love Peter, but it's not the practical thing to do. And so she kind of pushes it off and she does go and meet Theo. And at this meeting, he actually says, I have an interview with a publication house that you can be an editor for them. And she's like, Oh my God. Okay. And he's like, I'd also like to see how this goes. And in that moment, Debbie pushes aside the practicality of it all and says, you know what? You are a great guy, but I am in fact in love with somebody else. Now, fast forward a little bit. Like you mentioned, the Jack, call happens. the call happens. She flies off the rails. Um, and she goes home. She flies home, lands in L.A., and before that, she tells Peter, leave. I don't want to see you when you get back. Go home. You've done enough damage. I don't want to even, like, I don't even want to talk to you. So in the airport. They're on one of those moving floors as they're both going in yeah. opposite directions. Mm-hmm. And they have this this moment where they're, like, shouting at each other. They're arguing. They're hashing it all out. Debbie's pissed that... Jack has been eating stuff that he might be allergic to, that he tried out for hockey. You're playing with the life of my child here. I talked to Minka. Yeah. She told me about the book. What you did is insane. Look, I was okay, going to tell no, you about the book. There's some other stuff, too. How about Zen? And what about Theo? What? As in, oh, Theo. How do you know about that? There's a camera in my apartment. You watched me and Theo? You're only long enough to want to poke my eyes out. And they kind of storm off in opposite directions. She calls him an asshole. Right. And then as she's walking, she drops like this poker chip, which I can't remember. It has some sentimental value to the night well, that they... They hooked up, right? They, they played up. They played poker. That's and then what they were playing. This, this was a little bit non-believable for me because they have this massive blow up. She sees the poker chip fall and she all of a sudden comes to realization like, oh yeah, I love him. Yeah. And then she shouts back like, hey, and then they hash it out. Why did you let so much time go by? Because I was scared. Scared of what? I'm scared that I'm not good enough for you. Oh. I'm scared that you're going to reject me if I tell you how I feel. Well, just tell me how you feel. You know how I feel. Wait, what? Wait, you're in love with me or something? No. Debbie, I am madly, deeply, overwhelmingly in love with you. And she's like, we're not going to be friends anymore. And he says, no, we're not. He, and then he grabs her and he kisses her. And I thought that was actually like a well done, like first kiss of the entire movie. Like, my God, like we waited long enough for it. Oh, we got the Jesse Williams. Well, kiss yes, first. but I mean the two of them. This was the scene where they were actually together. Right. And not like via social media or like, you know, worlds apart. Um, and then it kind of flashes forward. Sarah loves this. A uh, six months later, we get closure on everything. We do. He's published. Peter's published, um, and moved in with Debbie and Jack. Uh, Debbie is an editor, and Jack is playing hockey. 
everybody's happy. Yes, and Zen is dancing in the whom we have not talked about throughout this whole, entire pod. We have Zen who works in Debbie's oh garden. Oh my god, I forgot all about Zen. Yeah. Um, also, Zoe uh, Chow is uh, Minka. We didn't mention yes. who she was. Uh, oh yes. Uh, yeah. Steve Zahn is Zen, who's one of those guys who like did a lot of movies in the mm-hmm. 90s and 2000s. I feel like I never see him anymore. Good cast. Great cast. Are we on to quick facts? Yeah. The filming locations, and I'm probably going to butcher this, is um, included in this movie is Montague Street in Brooklyn. Um, this is Aline Brosh McKenna's featured film directorial debut. The hockey game in the movie features the LA Kings playing against the Calgary Flames. Numerous songs by the 70s and 80s band The Cars are heard throughout the movie, which we chatted about earlier. Uh, Rachel Bloom, Vela Lovell, uh, Renee Goob, Michael Hitchcock, and Brittany Young have all starred in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, the TV show, which was created by Bloom and Aline Brosh McKenna, um, with Goob and Hitchcock as some of the producers and writers. Honorable mentions. Okay, so my honorable mention is Zen. Oh, and like I kept my honorable mention for this. Yeah. So who he he works in Debbie's yard. That's what he does because he's independently wealthy because of a tech buyout that he had when he was younger. So he doesn't have to work. He surfs in the morning and then hangs out in Debbie's garden in the afternoon. We do find out throughout the movie that um, he's actually friends with benefits with Debbie and they hook up when, you know, she needs she needs a little something. He actually has a big crush on her and is hoping that by sticking around in the garden and just hanging out that she will eventually come to like him and that they will end up together. Um, Outside of this story, do you think yes. that's ever a successful strategy, No, Sarah? it's not. Okay. No, because he is friend-zoned, and mm. she doesn't really give him, you know, unfortunately, a second look. But I loved his character in this. I thought it was so, so funny. funny. Like, yeah. I loved the story behind it because it gave so much, and it was, like... He was a he was a small character, but you knew so much about him in such a short amount of time that and you you loved him. You grew to love to love him. I love it. Steve Zahn is very good at playing those like kind of a little bit aloof. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's really great. And at one point, Peter asks like, OK, so you're here doing Debbie's yard. Why aren't you doing your own? And he says, oh, no, I have a guy to do that. Yeah, He hired a guy to do his <laughs> own yard. He's but doing Debbie's yard just I, for fun. I was laughing out loud when he said that. I was like, oh, OK, yeah, it all makes sense. And then we find out that they're friends with benefits. I was like, oh, OK, like this is why you're hanging out in her garden. My honorable mention is Tignataro. OK. She is such... An enigma. Like, I don't understand what her deal is ever. <laughs> I don't understand what she does, but like, but some, she, she has this uh, show. I don't know if you've seen it ever. Mm-mm. It's called under a rock with Tig Notaro. No, I haven't seen it. It's like a, like by funny or die, but like you can find it on YouTube. She admits herself that she doesn't know who people are. She doesn't watch shows. She doesn't watch movies. Good for so her. she has guests on her show. <laughs> oh and God. the premise is like, she doesn't know who you are. <laughs> and like she asks questions to try and figure out who they are. And it's, it's oh never God, a mega cool. star, but it's like Kaylee Cuoco or it's like James Vanderbeek, Glenn Howerton from uh, AP bio, or it's always fun. Oh it's set, my God. Okay, I gotta watch it. That's fun. And it's just very like awkward so, conversation. Like, Cause she's like, yeah. so you, so she's like Patrick star. Oh, from, from yes, SpongeBob. Wait, is that a- under a rock? He lives under a rock. Oh yes. I guess. Yes. Tignataro yeah. is, Patrick. Similar to, to Patrick. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and in this film, she she just brings such a, it's like this off pace warmth. Like she is very friendly, mm. but she's also very uncomfortable. Right. You know? I like it. I like it though. That, I really want to see it now. I'm going to go you and watch it. You should check it out. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll put one of the, um, uh, I'll just toss a link in our show notes so you can okay. scroll down and take a look at Under a Rock with Tignataro. Cool. Hilarious. What should have been? Okay, so I have a few what should have been. Okay. Um, either they should have had... Okay, so there's there's this running joke that they have throughout the movie. And you didn't even catch it at first. That's how, like, underwhelming it was. They talk about Debbie's suitcase. And it's an old oh, suitcase. Yeah. So she has to, like, like hold it and, like like roll it it's she doesn't have the spinners and they and so many people throughout the movie say oh you should update your luggage there's spinners now so you don't have to like pull it you can just like walk alongside it there's so many times they make that joke either they should have made the joke funnier running throughout the movie or like or just change the joke i like it's not even that i didn't get it it's that i just didn't acknowledge it 
It, it almost seemed like a little fact they were throwing in there. Like, oh, that's a fact. She has a suitcase with head spinners. Yeah, like, they I do it like three or four times. Yeah, and I, each time I'm like, oh, is that like, we're just throwing facts out here. Like, so it's much, not funny. So much so that Minka buys her new luggage, luggage. at the end. Yeah. Um, they should have had it where Peter stayed in New York. I mentioned this at the very, at the very top. They should have had it where Peter stayed in New York and Debbie and Jack came and then they fell in love. That's kind of what my whole thing is. Like, yep. yeah. Do you have another? I do. Um, the name Debbie did not fit the character. <laughs> okay. There should have been a different name. They might have been trying to make her feel older than she was because Reese Witherspoon is aging very gracefully. That might have been it. Yes, but I just, I didn't like the name for okay. the character. I just don't think it fit. If you're listening all. right now and your name's Debbie, Sarah does no, not like it. It has that, nothing to do with the name Debbie. I just, get the out. character itself, it just did not go well with it. Um, but I did like the soundtrack though. That's what I have down. Oh, soundtrack's yeah. great. My, what should have been, I talked about it off the, t- off the top. We had much more chemistry with Jesse Williams. Mm. And Reese Witherspoon. I think you should have done it like the holiday. Two friends swap houses. Yeah. Reese Witherspoon finds love with Jesse Williams. And Ashton Kutcher, maybe he finds, he just finds somebody in LA and that's it. Yeah. Like, I don't, the, the whole, like, and now we're going to see each other for the last scene of the movie and confess our love to somebody we haven't been on screen with the whole time. That bothered me. Yeah, because you know what? If they're going to do it that way, then it better be impactful as hell. And it wasn't. Yeah. You got to make me believe that Jesse yeah. Williams is not the guy. And to <laughs> yeah. this date, like we're recording the podcast. I think Jesse Williams is still the guy. <laughs> Overall rewatchability. Okay, so my rewatchability is as follows. Chemistry, 2.5. Storyline, 2. Thirst Factor, 4. Imagination, 2. Soundtrack, 5. Cheese, 2 for an overall score of 2.9 out of 5. Okay, we, uh, I think we're on a similar track here. My chemistry is 3.6. Okay. Like, three of those whole points mm. are just Jesse Williams and <laughs> Reese Witherspoon. Um, Storyline, 2.1. Thirst Factor, 3.7. Imagination to 2.7 soundtrack. I agree. It's a five out of five, especially like they had a good soundtrack. And then they also attached one of the uh, pieces of character info to that soundtrack. Right. With with Ashton Kutcher's character, which I really liked. Um, Cheese 2.3 for an overall score. I've got a 3.23. You had a 2.9. Yeah, I feel like that's that's kind of where this one lives. Somewhere in between, maybe. This has been the rom-com rewind of Your Place or Mine. Wherever you're listening, throw us a follow, subscribe. If you want to connect on any conversations that we're having, you want to be a part of the RCR fam at Rom-Com Rewind on Instagram. Thanks for listening.